listening to great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships right now. And you know what I got to ask you about? No, what? Well, we've been talking about mature men, mature women, younger men, younger women. And when I went home after we were done, my wife said, you know, it doesn't apply to me. I'm too young. And then she looked at me and said, Paul, I think you missed the mature part. <laughs> You're not mature enough. Is that what the problem is? Uh, can we just pray? Yeah, no kidding. Lord, thank you so much for, uh, again, your word. It's, it's so amazing that you have done so much for us, and we are one, so unthankful. Uh, we're unthankful because we don't know all the things that you've done for us. We, we don't, we're not even thankful too much of the time for the simple gift of eternal life. And I say simple, and it wasn't simple on you at all. Thank you for the clarity that you've given to us for being real men and real women. In your precious name, amen. Amen. I guess I need to say ouch or amen, because mm-hmm. it really does begin with an attitude of gratitude. Mm-hmm. If I start with being thankful, but right now I'm starting with just being stupid because we've been talking about mature men, mature women. Is it an age thing or is it a maturity thing? There's interesting uh, comments either way that you want to go on that as it relates to Titus chapter two. If you're going to go in the age category, you're generally going to be talking about 40 plus for older men or older women. The other a way to deal with that would be a maturity issue, how much they know, how much they are following God's word, how, how, how much of life that they're living that would be more adult-like, so to speak, or more advanced. So you could have actually a teenager or somebody in their early, uh, early years, uh, uh, even 20s, that might be acting more mature because they've paid attention to God's word or they've gone through life experiences to be able to learn things quickly. I tend to lean toward the mature uh, rather than the age. It's bothered me. I mean, initially, the last couple of programs, we've talked about mature men, mature women. And then I started thinking, okay, how do I classify that? And by default, I want to take the Jewish perspective around the age of accountability, 13. Mm -hmm. And then I started saying, well, wait a minute. Today, the media, I hear fourth and fifth graders talking about their boyfriends, their girlfriends, and sadly, I see people putting makeup and clothes on kids that's not appropriate. So that's one set that that we're really violating some boundaries, I think. Mm -hmm. The other point is, boundaries notwithstanding, I'm 10 years old and both my parents die, and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden... I'm having to grow up. How do I deal with that? You know, in, in the old days, we used to talk about emancipated minors. Right. Or giving farmers licenses to 14-year-olds to drive. Right. Every young person would be doing well if they're paying attention to the things that are being mentioned here for real men and real women. Because ultimately, here's one of the things that is so interesting as I look at churches, you often might have a mission statement for the children's ministry to grow godly children. Uh, that's, That's the wrong viewpoint. We want to grow godly adults. We want to encourage our children to become godly adults. And that's the reason why I would say any child, no matter how young they are, 
the parents can actually get them focused on, here's the things. And guess what? That is what most of the time is happening. They're focusing on the children to be acting in a certain way, but they may not be going so far as to teaching young women and young men, here's the keys that you really want to be focused on because this is a critical issue for you. So if we do it that way, maturity, it will make a big difference. The issue is no matter how mature you are, you're still required for the younger behaviors also. Well, I know that we're looking at Titus too, and it's important. And as we start to focus on it, you know, these little rabbit trails come up and a friend of mine says that learning always happens on the bunny trails, right? Mm -hmm. But it was interesting in the last couple of programs, I had another friend of mine who was a counselor and we were on one of these rabbit trails and she said, you know, with divorce as prevalent as it is and dysfunctional families, too many quote unquote parents, mm-hmm. the, the alleged adults in the home, treat their children as if they're literal adults mm-hmm. and they're not small adults. Right. They're children. Right. It's a, it's a bad way to be dealing with life when you do it that way because you're, you're really not dealing with them to help them grow and help them learn. Uh, unfortunately, that typically happens. And I didn't mean to waste time discerning boundaries because obviously mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit's going to lead us there in mm-hmm. prayer. So let's go back. What is being asked of a mature woman? What's being asked of a mature woman, an older woman, is right down the line of what an older man and even a younger man is being asked to do, reverent behavior. Now, that's, a, that's an interesting statement to be thinking about when you think about being reverent in your behavior. Uh, those are critical aspects that you can define all sorts of ways. Uh, I'm, I'm reverent in my behavior as I'm uh, just, just being around somebody. Uh, decency in conduct is what I would specifically say. Decency in clothing, decency in actions, decency in looks, and decency in speech. Those are the things that I would classify as reverence in behavior. It's outward principles, excuse me, outward actions driven by inward principles. So those are the things that I would say are critical. Now, just just think about this. We said three words, reverent in behavior. And notice how much it blossoms out into things. If we're saying that it involves conduct and clothing, conduct and actions, conduct and looks, conduct and speech, that's all part of reverent behavior. That really blossoms out into all sorts of additional things, right? And when we are reverent in behavior, you cannot be that unless you have the foundation of scriptural principles. For instance, the most important one that we need to have as a Christian is whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. That sums it up. That is the concept of reverent behavior. If I am doing all to the glory of God, then my behavior most likely is going to be reverent. Philippians 4, 8 would be another passage. You know, whatever things are true, whatever things are just, whatever things are uh, honest, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. That's the concept of good thinking brings out reverent behavior. So if you wanted to look at just the older women or the more mature woman, she is to have this great example of reverent behavior constantly showing up. And the way that it is really going to be helpful is she's not going to be a slanderer. One of the typical things that we end up seeing too often in the, the life of the stereotypical woman is gossip. 
always wanting to gossip about things. That's exactly what uh, this is talking about, not being a slanderer. Now, do you know who is called the slanderer? The devil, Satan himself. So when we're going around doing these type of things, gossiping, and men do it too, but it's specifically spoken of here in, for, for women, that when we're being a slanderer, we're actually doing the devil's work for him. <laughs> that's, a, that's a sad thing to consider. I don't know why, I don't know why I'm laughing about that, but it's, uh, it's, it's one of the interesting things that we're just doing some of, some of the devil's work for him. So not only are you reverent in behavior, you're not slanderers, uh, you're self-controlled, not given to much wine. Now, here's what's so interesting to me. I ask this question anytime I teach this, and it's always fun to get a group to be uh, thinking about this. Why is drinking stated only for the older women? It doesn't say anything about this for the younger women. Why is drinking only stated as it relates to older women? Because I really do believe, for the most part, older women have more time on their hands. Uh, That also is a situation where if there is drinking that is going to infuse a woman, it's going to inhibit her ability to teach younger women to do what's right. There's lots of help offered in the bars, right? (laughs) Can you you just imagine? Lots of advice. There's lots Lots of of free advice. There sure is. Little to none of it good. Yeah. So it's this whole idea of reverent behavior carries into not a slander or not given to much wine. Those are critical issues. Great relationships pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. It takes right thinking for right relationships right now. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes for great relationships. If you use your past for illumination, your future is bright. If you use your past for contamination, your future is bleak. Virginia Satir. Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. You know how you're always praying for a sign from God? That you're meant to go to seminary? This is your sign. Seriously, I'm here to tell you about grace. Grace School of Theology. It's free grace based. The professors are world class. It's accredited, accessible, attainable, and oh yes, it's affordable. You can even complete your entire degree online, which means you don't have to move. Wouldn't it be great to have a deeper knowledge of the Word of God? Write this down www. Dot G-S-O-T dot edu. G-S-O-T dot edu. Or call 877-476-8674. 877-476-8674. Now get going. Now. We're 
back. You're listening to Great Relationships. That would be grnumeral8relationships.com is the website. Herman Eben here with Paul Moore. And before the break, you were saying that mature women are not to be given to much wine, gossip, and all these other things. That's not true for us guys, right? That's right. We can get as drunk as we want. We can go talk about people as much as we want. <laughs> no, it's not true. Because, no, just go back to see what uh, what the Lord is saying for a real man. Just look at the things that God is asking of a uh, of a man. Easy to respect. Now, if we were going around gossiping and we were going around uh, given to a lot of wine, would that be easy to respect? Well, see, easy to respect, you know, causes those things to be subsumed under it. It means easy to respect covers all of those type of things. Plus, self-control covers that also. If I am working to do all to the glory of God, the passage that I read in block A, if I'm doing that, whether a woman or a man, I have that as my primary focus. So all the actions in my life need to line up underneath that. They're all secondary. Whether I am talking, if I'm talking bad about somebody, oh, uh, that's not giving glory to God. Oh, I'll stop that. So all these secondary actions that I do, if I don't have them lined up underneath that, it's going to create a real problem for me. Going back to the uh, gossip deal, another easy way to uh, answer the question of saying men are off the hook is because it specifically states that they're to be sound in speech also. And it's specifically talked about for a young man, but it also implies for an older man also. The key, going back to the older woman, is the key, not only are they to be reverent in their behavior, but to self-control, but they're also to be teachers. Now, that's the reason why it's so important that if a woman is not doing the first two reverent in her behavior and she is not having self-control, then she is not going to be a good teacher. She's not going to be a good example. The, the question that I always ask is if you are going to be a teacher and you are a young, a, you're an older woman or a woman that's more mature and you're to be teaching, what are the things that you're to be teaching? That's, a, that's always an interesting question to uh, throw out to a group. What are you going to teach? Well, you're supposed to be teaching the things that a younger woman is to be doing. You're supposed to be teaching how to love her husband, how to love her children, how to be discreet, how to be pure, how to be good, how to be a homemaker, how to be subject to her own husband. Those are the key things that you're to be teaching, which implies what? That an older woman, a more mature woman, has gone through that and seen how it is to be done, and it is evident in her life that she's doing these type of things. May not, I'm not saying that she's perfect in it, but she's sold out that that's the right way and willing to teach it. So if an older older woman is not willing to teach those things, then she is not benefiting the body like God is wanting her to. I've got a very dangerous question in this, and forgive me in advance, because I know the letters are going to come. Should a man, should a husband recognize, which is to say, comment on whether or not his wife is being a real woman? Yes, just like a real woman is totally free to comment, what's the difference? If I, if you had used another word, I may have said no. Uh, if you had said, is it is it right for a woman to bring to the attention of a man that he's not being a real man? I would still say yes. If a woman, if you had asked the question, if a woman is to, supposed to constantly bring to the attention that a man is not being a real man, I would say no. 
because the issue is a woman, a real woman, is willing to mention it to her her husband or or a man and let God deal with what she has said instead of having her emotions tied up and whether he changes or not. Now, notice where I can see a woman saying, well, maybe he didn't understand me the first time. Sure. That's exactly what we say. And that is the essence of control. The essence of control, and all we're doing is going back into chapter 8 material, which is so prevalent and so important. All we're doing is saying, if I can say it just right, or if I can get the right people to say it, or if I can get the right way for it to be communicated to him in maybe something other than verbal, he'll change. See, that's, that's, that's just another way of control. So yes, totally agree that it's okay to bring it to their attention, but it's not okay to constantly be doing that. Okay, is it, is it gossip and control if, you know, I just happened to go to a friend of mine at church and say, look, I need you to pray for so-and-so because clearly there's this issue. Yeah, more than likely it is. Uh, and I wouldn't, uh, that's totally dependent upon the person if you don't watch it. If you, uh, if you are asking people to pray for another person and it's a more private matter, that's just wrong. Just be careful about that. Some people have come to you and ask you to pray for them because they, you have their trust and they're willing to do that. It's not your job to go share it with other people at that point in time unless you have their permission to do that. But isn't that pursuing their best? It isn't pursuing their best because what you want is to be allowing God to pursue their best. You don't need other people to pursue their best. You need God to be pursuing their best. So I don't need to be sharing with other people. If I'm sharing with other people, I may not be pursuing their best because it's actually gossip, possibly. And I don't want to be going there. So then the right answer would be private petition to the Father. Absolutely. I'm going to trust the Father to deal with this. I don't have to have everybody praying for this. I'm going to trust the Father to deal with this. That's a critical issue for us. So, again, going back to the issue related to, uh, and I I love the question. I love the question, should a a woman bring to her husband or a man bring to his wife that she's not being a real woman or a man's not being a real man? Uh, That's a great question. The issue is, it's not your job to change somebody else. It's your responsibility to present the information to them. And don't let your emotions dictate to you whether they are changing or not, because that becomes a control of you again. That's that control boomerang. Okay. The control boomerang. I like that. And you've talked about that. I think Carl's going to sell some. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go way out in left field here, and I've got a question for you. We're talking about adults, right? And after the certain age, there are no victims, only volunteers. But what if I really am a victim? And I mean to say this, so many single parents, so many dysfunctional families, what if I am a young woman or a young man and I have decided to become a disciple of Christ mm-hmm. and I do not have that mature example over me? How, where, where's the freedom in this? How do I not judge my mom or my dad? and trust on Christ, what would you say to me? I would say to you, go put these actions into your own life. You don't need to be focused on whether other people around you have done them. 
All you need to do is focus on whether you are doing them. I'm 12, I'm 16, Christ has got a hold of me and I'm realizing everything around me is wrong. That's exactly right. The issue is, yes, it's great to have good examples around you. Yes, it's good to have mentors. Yes, it's good to have a support. That's the reason why the church is, is what it's supposed to be doing. It is a support mechanism for all of us. It is to be blending in with us to be the body. But at the same time, we are personally, personally responsible for our own actions. And I, whether I'm 12 or 65 or anything in between or even older, I'm responsible for my actions. No one else is. And I am going to be judged by God for my actions and what I've done. So is that kind of taking us back to where we began the program with? What is the age of accountability? Is it that point where I actually have the self-awareness that I am responsible for my actions? Everything in this, everything in God's Word is focused on that one thing for the most part. You're responsible for your own actions, and I'm inviting you to a life that's best for you. Just do it this way. Do life this way. There's blessings and there's curses, as you see in in Leviticus, in Exodus. You see all of that stated to us. And the Lord is inviting us to a different way. And he's inviting older women to grow in the Lord and to be a real woman when they are reverent behavior, self-controlled, and teachers. That's how it goes. That's how it works. And when they are uh, standing on God's word and knowing how to teach the things that a younger woman is supposed to know, how to love their husbands and love their children and everything else, uh, that's a critical way that they can start seeing God show up in their life in a, in a huge way. So we have a different way we need to be looking at this. Thank you. My legalism wants to cause me to forget that in all of this, there is love, acceptance, and forgiveness. GreatRelationships.com. We'll be back right after this. Great quotes from God's Word for great relationships. Be kindly, affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor giving preference to one another. Romans 12.10 Great relationships, pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now. Relationships can be great, and not just marriages or romantic relationships, all relationships. The Bible offers the same solution to what is essentially the same problem. What is the problem and what is the solution? Study along with us to find out. Great Relationships is a video course offering biblically-based insight on relationships. In each video, watch Herman tame tough issues by discussing them in a casual online learning environment. Each of Great Relationships' 12 chapters are subdivided into quick segments you can squeeze into a coffee break. So if you've had time to listen to this promotion, you have the time to sign up and start today. Visit our website at greatrelationships.com. That's G-R numeral eight relationships.com to sign up for our free newsletter. Pursuing the best in work, in life, in love. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.
Welcome back. You're listening to Great Relationships. That's grnumeral8relationships.com, the website. You're going to want to go there, take a look at Chapter 7, take a look at Chapter 3. But right now, we just simply bless God that you're with us. Herman, before the break, I thought you were saying to me sort of that reverent behavior is critical. Well, that can mean a lot of things to a lot of people, and I'm just going to be honest with you. The impression I have is my accountability, my response is dependent on everyone else's actions. Well, that's what we were talking about also. That, you know, when we were talking about if if I am a real man and I look at my wife, Louie, and say, well, you're not being a real woman, do I have the right to bring that to her attention? Well, certainly I have the right. Uh, the issue is, do I end up focusing on that to try to make that happen in her life? Absolutely. I mentioned it at breakfast. Yeah. It should be fixed by dinner. That's right. And that's what we end up doing. We're always constantly trying to change somebody else. So the answer to your question is reverent behavior is focused on your behavior. It's not it's not constantly focused on other people's behavior. It would like other people to be reverent in their behavior. It would prefer that. It would be nice if that were happening. It'd be wonderful if that happened. I hope that happens, but I'm not going to focus my attention and my emotions on whether it is actually happening. Does that take place when I have the self-actualization that I am responsible for my actions? I, uh, I would believe that's probably the case. I don't know when that happens. Uh, I don't know at what point in time. There's lots of discussion as it relates to... Well, I know when, a lot of 50-year-olds that don't believe. Yeah, yeah. and I, I certainly wouldn't say that. I would say that it's got to be a lot younger. A lot younger. It, it, they, they already know that they're accountable. They're just not willing to accept it. it and it should. it should. It should be a lot of different things. The issue is everything that's in this passage is talking about some form of reverent behavior. Reverence and behavior would involve practically everything that is stated for a woman, whether young or old and everything that a man is being talked about. So reverence and behavior, again, ties back to the biggest issue, which is 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever I do, do all to the glory of God. My behavior is, is going to be honoring God, and therefore a, a subset of that is going to be reverence and behavior. It's going to be a behavior that's honorable. It's going to be a behavior that is not looked down on, and a behavior that is showing up not only in how I speak, but also in what I wear and how I treat other people. So yes, it is very, very broad when you talk about it from that viewpoint, extremely broad. I just want to be sure that I'm getting this right, that I'm tracking, because time is short. Paul's writing, both in Corinthians and Titus, that how people are perceiving us. And I tend to want to do things to make me look good, and Paul writes in, in Titus that we do this, that the Word of God may not be blasphemed. Well, all of these things aren't worried about how other people perceive us, except for the viewpoint it says you know, about the younger men, that your behavior is such, your conduct is such, that when they say things about your teaching, especially, that they have no leg to stand on. Well, the reason why I'm asking this is because we were talking what makes up a real woman. Mm -hmm. Are these attributes equal, or is it more reverent and important not to be a slanderer, for example. Uh, I wouldn't put any uh, any issue related to whether each one of these are uh, a priority or not. They're all, yes, I would say they're probably equal. Uh, 
it, it's 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 a hard thing to say that that might be the case. All of them are important, or or God would not have listed them all. I can't sit here and say that one is more important than the other, though. And more than likely, I would say it's a it's a matter of trusting the Lord to do all of these through you. Uh, with an older woman in particular, it is clearly stated that she is to focus on those four things. Uh, the way we've done it, we've aligned it into three, but the four things that she's supposed to be doing, reverent behavior, not slanders, not giving too much wine, and teachers. That's how she is supposed to be living her life. Okay, now after you just told me there's not one thing, I'm going to turn around and ask you, what one thing do you want me to take away from today? Well, the key that I would love for people to pay attention to is this, just write down that line, reverence and behavior. The reverence and behavior that we can be doing starts with Am I being personally responsible with my actions? Am I trying to change other people or am I just focused on my own life here? And all of these things that God is asking us to do as real men and real women, he's asking us to take personal responsibility. Am I doing what God is asking me to do? And that's what so often happens when we look at these lists. The, the person that might benefit from it in the case of a real man his list, the person that might benefit from that might be his wife, and therefore his wife starts pointing out to him that he's not being a real man unless he does this. And a man starts looking at a woman saying, you're not being a real woman because you don't do this. Well, that's not our job. It's the individual's job to do what God asks of them. Personal responsibility, self-governance. Using self-governance is a good word, but it also depends on whether you have the energy of the Holy Spirit in your life. So am I being personally responsible? Am I choosing to follow God or am I choosing to follow myself? That is the issue. That'd be the key, key element that I'd like you to take away from this particular, uh, for this lesson today. Father, help me to follow you, to understand the knowledge of your will and the strength to carry it out. In Jesus' name. We are Great Relationships, GRNumeral8Relationships.com, the website. Herman's already given us a clue. Take a look, Chapter 3, Chapter 7. Until next time. How is your day going, Barbara? I can't even begin to tell you how terrific my life is right now. What a coincidence. My life is just overflowing with blessings, too. Why, just yesterday, I found a $100 bill on the ground. That's great. I saved a cat that was stuck in a tree, and the owner was so thankful that she gave me a gift card to my favorite restaurant, Luigi's. Wow. I was in Luigi's just the other day and saved a man that was choking with the Heimlich maneuver. He was so overjoyed that he gave me tickets to that new play that's been sold out for weeks. That's amazing. I've been wanting to see that play myself. Really? I asked my husband and he didn't want to go. Will you go with me? That would be great. Days like this are too good to be true, but great relationships are possible. Join Herman as he offers you the opportunity to pursue the best for others, patiently, kindly, sacrificially, and unconditionally. Right thinking, right relationships, right now.